Welcome back to the Dog Juice Pod, powered by Dimers.com. This is episode number 117, Thursday, March 25th, 2021. Happy birthday, Mom, although I know you're probably not listening to this. And how about that opening weekend of the NCAA tournament? Unbelievable. The madness is back in full force. Oral Bob, baby. (laughs) So this year we have a one-off schedule for the Sweet 16 and Elite 8 here during these COVID times. Instead of a Thursday-Friday Sweet 16 and a Saturday-Sunday Elite 8, we have everything shifted two days forward, so... The Sweet 16 is this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and the four Elite Eight matchups are split up on Monday and Tuesday, setting us up for our final four next weekend. So in this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod, I'm going to recap some of the biggest betting stories from the Big Dance so far, and then dive into each Sweet 16 matchup one by one and offer up where I think the value currently is in the marketplace right now in some of those uh, select games. Just a quick disclaimer that the opinions expressed on this podcast are always my own and do not reflect the opinions of PlayUp USA, PlayUp Limited, or any of its subsidiaries. In case you haven't listened to the past few episodes of this podcast, we officially launched the PlayUp Sportsbook in the state of Colorado this month. It's a very exciting time for us here at PlayUp, so all of my listeners out there living in the Rocky Mountain State, I know there's a few of you, you should definitely download the PlayUp Sportsbook app and give it a try if you haven't already. Definitely reach out to me personally if you have any feedback. We have the best deposit bonus in the game at 200%, and also a really nice $20 free bet just for signing up. You don't even have to make a deposit, so definitely worth taking advantage of, and be sure to keep PlayUp on your radar because we are moving quickly to enter into new states this year. And in fact, this is where the overwhelming majority of my time has been spent for the past few months. And of course, when it comes to the latest updates and state-by-state sports betting legalization here in the U.S., this podcast, the Doggy Juice Pod, is always here to keep you up to date. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So the Sweet 16 is upon us, and before I dive into each matchup, let's take a little look at some quick takeaways from an incredible opening weekend. It really was all about the underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. The dogs cleaned up against the spread and straight up. Oral Bob, the 15 seed, beating the Ohio State Buckeyes the first time ever. Also, the number 11, 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed all won in the same tournament. It was really an opening weekend that had it all, but the dogs were the big story, which of course means the books did pretty damn well, and the Doggy Juice Pod did as well too. The Big Ten's failures, that was the other big story from the opening weekend. Only Michigan made it to the Sweet 16. Of course, Ohio State lost to Oral Bob outright in the first round as a two-seed. Illinois, the one-seed in the Midwest, lost to Loyola in the second game which was discussed in this pod last uh, week, how the committee royally screwed over both of those teams, and Cameron Krupwig and Loyola were the ones left standing when the dust settled. Uh, My beloved Iowa Hawkeyes lost as a two-seed in their second-round matchup against Oregon. Purdue got bounced in the first round as a four-seed as well. But to be fair, some of the lower seeds in the Big Ten did win. Maryland won as a dog. Rutgers, a slight favorite. I think they closed two-point favorites in that game, maybe two-and-a-half. Uh, Wisconsin cashed for us here on the pod as a short dog against UNC. It wasn't all bad. And of course, people are running away with the narrative right now that the Big Ten sucks. It's completely overrated. The truth is probably somewhere in between. The conference is a bit overrated analytically after you know, maybe beating down on some lesser teams earlier in the season. But the Big Ten is still an incredibly good conference from top to bottom. 
uh, when it comes to college basketball and college football for that matter. But it's just stylistically a league that really conforms to the same mold. You really, I'm excited to see you know a coach maybe at some point come in and, and shake things up and really innovate and, and speed up the the style because I, I was listening to one of the Three Man Weave podcast guys. They they made a good point. Uh, earlier this week that even Underwood with Illinois, he conformed to the league with Illinois, slowed things down. So the league just has its style. That's how it is. Those, you know, and for the most part, you're seeing Hoiberg kind of do it with Nebraska, try and innovate, but he's really kind of failing (laughs) to do that right now. So it's going to be an interesting thing. I I would love to see a coach come in and really shake things up though over the next few years and and really get uh, big Ten basketball, a little more offensive oriented, but it is what it is. We love it for what it is. Gonzaga, just a cut above the rest when it comes to Vegas ratings and odds to cut down the nets. They're around plus 140, plus 150 to win the whole thing right now. So for all of you new bettors out there, that's bet $100 on Gonzaga and win 150 along with your $100 back, of course. Um, not much of a return, but when you consider the fact that outside of a major injury to the Zags right now, they're going to be a 6-7 to seven point favorite against anyone they play right now, save for maybe Baylor, depending on how those teams would look um, heading into a matchup against each other and how the market perceives them before a potential matchup. But when you consider that fact that the Zags are just far above everybody else when it comes to a, a power rating, the plus 140, plus 150 we're seeing out there in the market to cut down the nets does make a bit more sense to the casual better when you consider that. Uh, Baylor is next, of course, to win it all on futures boards heading into the Sweet 16 Elite Eight weekend. They're sitting at around plus 375, 4-1, depending on where you shop. Uh, Michigan and Houston are next at around 8-1, to 9-1 to odds, depending on where you look. Although some spots look like they're offering Michigan at 7-1 to one in that range. So uh, they're the consensus next in line after Baylor and uh, before Houston. Alabama is next, and they're now down to 10 to 1, in the 10 to 1 to 12 to 1 range, depending on where you look, followed by Loyola Chicago at around 14 to 1, 16 to 1 range. And then Arkansas and Florida State are next. They're sitting in the 20 to 1 range. But of course, be careful where you look because these numbers really do vary wildly from book to book. I know one prominent book out there has Florida State at 25 to 1 right now, but another one's sitting at 15 to 1. So shop around. That's the best thing we have as batters. I've preached that uh, throughout the years here on the Doggy Juice Pod. That's the single best advantage we have, not only our ability to choose which bets we make, but also uh, at what prices. And we, with more legal options than ever before, you can really look around and hone in on the best price. And that absolutely matters for long-term success. I know beating a dead horse, I keep bringing this up. And in case there's any new listeners out there, uh, that's a huge concept to understand because sports betting really is its just markets when it comes down to it. And of course, if you're living in the great state of Illinois, you couldn't even bet on this epic Loyola run, or you couldn't bet on that epic Loyola versus Illinois second round matchup last weekend. And you can't bet on Loyola Chicago to win it all right now at a regulated Illinois sports book. Fortunately, it looks like lawmakers are getting their shit together on this one, but it's almost like they were warned by a certain podcast before they even enacted the law that they were making a big mistake by banning Illinois college teams from Illinois wagering boards in the first place. I wonder which podcast said that. Before I break down each game, just a quick doggy juice reminder that these lines that we're betting into now at this stage in the NCAA tournament, and even really the opening weekend, I talked about this a bit last week, they're really starting to tighten up. Uh, So if you're looking to bet on a side right before tip-off, just know that chances are you're going to be merely flipping a coin on your ATS result uh, just because a game 
is on doesn't mean you have to bet it, but of course it's always fun having skin in the game, so nothing wrong with throwing some pizza money down and enjoying the game, but just keep that thought in your mind. Plenty of, you know, There's plenty of new internet touts out there all over social media right now overreacting to their short-term results in the NCAA tournament, when in reality, over the long term, and after enough trials over several years, they're just going to be hitting close to 50% and lose out on the VIG in the long run to the books over time. So if you had a great opening weekend, that's great. But just know that even even though it feels like you're playing with house money, that money is yours right now. You don't have to bet on every game. I can't tell you how many people I know who went on a great run and then just gave it right back to the books because they thought they were invincible. Just like basketball games, just like you know, a game at the blackjack table against the dealer, sports betting is a game of runs. So you feel like it's you get hot and cold at times, and that's happening. And, and zooming out in the big picture that stuff is just going to happen. It's the law of large numbers. You're going to go on these runs. It happens to everybody. Anybody that says otherwise is bullshitting you. So just pick your spots when you have plus EV, keep your bankroll in check, and just build up those edges over time because that's how you win in this thing in the long run. That's what we've been preaching here on the Doggy Juice Pod since episode one. If you're looking to bet on the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight games this weekend and early next week, and you want to find that edge, then look no further than the Dimers bot over at the Quick Pick section at Dimers.com, which runs thousands of simulations on each matchup. You can find some nice edges on a few of the different matchups there this weekend. Uh, Dimers is a great tool for this, and and the bot has also been red hot lately, especially in the NBA with the NBA picks and especially NBA props, which is proving to be a very awesome niche market for the entire Dimers community. So if you want more info on the NBA props specifically, then feel free to reach out to the Dimers team at Dimers.com on Twitter or contact this podcast directly by shooting a DM at Doggy Juice on Twitter. There are some very exciting things happening over at Dimers, and I'm very happy to be a part of it. All right, without further ado, it's time to break down every NCAA tournament Sweet 16 game. I'll do it in the order in which they will be played. Everybody's ready to go. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. And you're ready to go. Starting with the Saturday games, number eight seeded Loyola Chicago, six and a half point favorite against number 12 Oregon State. Totals 125.5. Some spots are up to 7 right now on the spread. And this is an interesting one because I know a lot of good models out there have Loyola as a larger favorite. Uh, but it really comes down to how much stock, how much weighting you put into this Oregon State team's recent form. They've been on such a great run lately, seemingly out of nowhere over the past few weeks. They've covered 11 of their past 12 games. They're a team that was picked consensus uh, preseason to finish last in the subpar Pac-12 conference kept uh, the momentum from their conference tournament win that whole run uh, going through their first two games in the big dance they just they're a completely different team right now than they were earlier in the season that defense has made such a giant leap they have all the confidence in the world right now and Oregon State has the size to make uh, Crutwig Cameron Crutwig have a difficult night especially after the high he reached being the instrumental piece in Loyola's historic win over Illinois last Saturday but the Beavers have the size to match up with Crutwig but Loyola on, on the other hand They've won 19 of their last 20, all five of their postseason games. They're just, it's something to behold. For all basketball purists out there, there's nothing better than watching what Potter Moser uh, gets out of this team. They're completely in sync on defense. They're so well coordinated. The communication's perfect. And that's reflected on the offensive side of the ball as well. They're just so, they're very methodical, very efficient. They switch things up to, and they, there's, there's, they're not a one-trick pony by any means. They're just so fun to watch for any big, you know, just a, a 
any big college basketball fan that appreciates a beautiful offense and a well-coordinated defense. They play the game the right way. They give their all. They'll do everything in unison as a unit. There's no one that's bigger than the team. They want to be there. There's no one that's disinterested. Cade Cunningham. And uh, it's just uh, something that you love to watch. They run it at that slow, slogging pace on offense, which, of course, frustrates their opponents. They don't allow many possessions for their opponents. And that's why they're easily number one in the nation in adjusted defensive efficiency at Kempom, but their efficiency on offense is also great as well. And yes, they are one of the slowest teams in the country in adjusted tempo, number 342 out of 357, but they're very efficient on the offensive end as well. But points are going to be at a premium in this game against Oregon State, and the case can be made that the newfound energy, I guess, so to speak, that Oregon State uh, has found that they can it could put them in a good position to frustrate Krupwig and stay within this number. But having said that, I don't I don't think the spread is too far off. My numbers show a slight edge to the Ramblers actually laying six and a half. So I'm not going to bet it myself unless the number comes down a bit. Loyola minus five would definitely be a go, a go price uh, for something serious. But if this gets down to minus six or even, you know, minus five and a half, I would not fault a small wager on Sister Jean. Number one seeded Baylor lay in seven and a half against number five seeded Villanova, total one forty one and a half. Money on Baylor early in the week that pushed them up from six and a half, and even the minus sevens that were out there, those turned into minus seven and a half. And I'm even seeing some juice on the minus seven and a halves right now that are out there. I can't fault those line moves either, but you can't overlook Jay Wright and the Villanova team that you know they have athletes. They've been in the stage before. Um, no doubt with extra time to prepare. I think Jay Wright, he's going to have a good game plan in place to put his team in the best position to succeed. There's definitely a bit of a coaching mismatch here I think between him and Scott Drew. Um, and also, you know, an, an early overreaction, I think, uh, to Villanova, missing Connor Gillespie. If you, if you faded Winthrop in the first round, you did well in your brackets because everyone and their uncle picked Winthrop to, to upset them as the 12 seed there. Uh, but this is this is the game where I think they could really use Gillespie's presence, where it actually is maybe going to hurt them because they're in for a really difficult night with Baylor's onslaught of talented guards, including you know, the main trio led by Masio Teague. Baylor leads the country in three-point percentage, too, 41.5%, so they could pull away quickly here if it gets out of hand, that's for sure. But Villanova does have the talent. They do have the athletes. They do have a strong defense and a coach who's been there in Jay Wright, and they're catching seven and a half points. But the line does look sharp to me. I did agree with the move um, earlier this week on Baylor because they can pull away in this one uh, with their guard play and remind everyone why that backcourt has been dominating opponents for the past two seasons. So I think the line is right, but forced lean, I'd probably go with Baylor here. Although if it gets up to eight or nine, it really becomes tempting to uh, to look in the way of, of Villanova. Number three seeded Arkansas laying 11 points against Number 15 seeded Oral Bob, the Cinderella of this tournament so far at least. Total sitting at 159. I said it here on the podcast last week with a recommendation on Oral Bob against Ohio State. This team loves to score points, and they are playing with all the confidence in the world right now. And a good point I heard earlier in the week that a lot of people might not be considering um, at this stage is that since these teams are staying where they are after the first round, they're not traveling to a different site, they didn't have time to go home to all of the distractions and hoopla surrounding you know, the Cinderella run. So I think this definitely applies more to these underdogs. They didn't get home to you know, all the TV interviews maybe that you'd expect. I'm sure they're getting all the interviews, but 
you know, the same level, all that, all those distractions for being the Cinderella and the Sweet 16 birth. So from that angle, I don't blame anyone for hopping on board the Oral Bob train at this later stage, but I'm about to get to why I think maybe it's it's not a good wager taking the dog here and why actually you should maybe take a look at the favorite. These teams did play right before Christmas, and Arkansas won by 11 in Fayetteville. Uh, the line was 19.5 in that one. But it's notable that Oral Bob had a big lead in that game. They led at halftime by 10 points before Arkansas pulled away. I think this game was about, was about five days before Christmas, just a few days before. But Arkansas pulled away in the second half. But I can't help but think that Arkansas, they're going to be ready for this one. And especially, you know, just seeing what Oral Bob's done as the underdog here, they're going to be ready for this. They've seen this before. I trust Coach Eric Musselman to put the necessary pressure on the Oral Bob guards, in particular their standout point guard, Max um, Abmus. If they can do, you know, what Florida didn't do, frustrate Abmus and keep him, you know, out of his out of his comfort zone, which Arkansas has the athletes to do, uh, you know, perhaps by trapping him in the half court or even moving to a full court press. I think if they're able to do that and really take them out of their comfort zone, Arkansas has all the tools to blow them out in this game. And there's a reason why you know that first spread in December was 19 and a half. We've seen a little move to the over in this game early on as well. Maybe perhaps due to that notion that maybe Arkansas is going to try and make this you know full court full court press type of game where it's really moving fast, slower possessions. Um, but I think laying it here might be the right play. Uh, but this one is ripe for in-game betting. So I think if we get early signs when you're watching that Musselman is doing that, has a good game plan in place to take Abmus, you know, the high-powered Oral Bob offense out of their comfort zone, uh, That you know, especially an offense that's right up there in the nation and three-point scoring. If you get them out of their comfort zone early on and there's early signs, I think it's worth getting into play on the Razorbacks here. So if you could find, you know, minus 10.5, just lay the 10.5. Uh, I don't hate laying it there pre-flop. But maybe wait around for some public money to come in here on the dog, too, and try and snatch up a 10 or even lower if it shows. But like I said, I lean Arkansas on the spread, and I'm going to be looking to bet them early on in-game if the early signs are there. Number two seeded Houston laying 6.5 against number 11. Syracuse totals at 140. And speaking of public dogs, we have one here. Syracuse is getting all of the love right now from touts and the public who were quick to snatch them up at plus six earlier in the week uh, with Bayheim. Bayheim's nine and two as a double digit seed, his overall record. Uh, the Orange, they've covered six straight heading into this one. They're really picking up steam and peaking at the right time, which is, you know, to Bayheim's credit, he's been able to do this in the tournament in the past, obviously. Uh, Buddy Bayheim, his son, his last four games, he's 24 for 43 from three point. That's 56%. And Houston, they've been dealing with some health issues. Uh, really haven't looked that impressive, especially after, you know, needing to have that miracle rally to beat Rutgers in the round of 32. But everyone and their uncle is on Buddy Bayheim and Cuse this weekend. And we have seen this line move up to six and a half despite that. So some spots, you know, even with juice on the favorite. And I agree with that line move here. Houston has such great athleticism. They have the length to combat Syracuse's offense and make it a really long night for Buddy Bayheim, especially with Kelvin Sampson having a week to prepare for this one. I don't think, you know, they're going to give Buddy Bayheim much time to shoot at all, and, and the rebounding should completely favor Houston here too. 
Uh, the defense is just so athletic. And, you know, along with Gonzaga, Illinois, and Michigan, Houston's the only team to be top 10 in both adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency at Kempom this season. There's a reason for that. So I agree with this line move up from six to six and a half. I may have actually been a part of that line move from six to six and a half. And I still think that the Cougars are a pretty good bet at six and a half for a smaller position. If this line comes down for reasons unrelated to injuries, then I do recommend a full play if it gets to minus five. But call it good for, you know, maybe like a 75% stake in the minus five and a half, minus six range, and then a smaller stake, of course, at the, at the current price. But um, I'm tempted to go under the total here as well at 140, but perhaps Syracuse team total under is the best avenue to get involved in this game as well. And if you're looking to bet these games, you, of course, should be always shopping for the best price. Like I said earlier in the podcast, and sportsbooks are literally giving you money in order to get you to sign up with them and become their customer if you haven't already. And for the best information on which deals each legal sportsbook here in the U.S. or in your state is offering, head over to Dimers.com. Dimers is the perfect one-stop shop for finding the best sportsbook offers and links directly to the books themselves. If you want to know what the offers are and where to sign up, you should definitely be taking advantage of it right now with everything going on in our corner of the sports world. So check out Dimers.com. Moving on to Sunday's games. Number one seeded Gonzaga laying 13 against number five seeded Creighton. Totals at 158.5. Big number here. It was sitting at 13.5 for a while, and I think that's still a tad inflated even at 13. But having said that, It's hard to get in front of this Gonzaga train because they're easily the most complete team in the country. And like I said on the pod last week, I think this is finally their year to cut down the nets. Uh, One thing to note is that, and I I know people that have watched these games have noticed this, but Norfolk State and Oklahoma both did jump out to pretty big early leads against the Zags in their first two games. And while the Zags, you know, they went on to cover both of those games, um, they won't be able to afford coming out flat like that against better teams uh, that they're about to face in this tournament. Even if that's not Coach McDermott and Creighton, they're not going to be able to get away with that. But the Zags have it all. They have an entire lineup that can handle the ball well. They they have NBA players, one in Suggs, who's going to be a top pick in the draft, Corey Kispert. He should also go in the first round of the draft this year. They run a great offense that's beautiful to watch. Their one hole might be their defense, and they're about to go up against a Creighton team. That can drain threes you know, behind Marcus uh, Zagorowski. So it really comes down to how well Creighton is able to keep up because they're basically a poor man's version of Gonzaga pretty much, and and the spread certainly reflects that. So I I do lean the way of Creighton here, catching all of those points. If it ticks up to 14, I'll consider getting involved for something small. And even at 13.5, perhaps, you know, for something smaller. If it hits 15, now we're talking, but I doubt we'll see that type of inflation. But definitely wouldn't be laying it here even though the zags could you know they they could pull away and win this rather easily and they should pull away they should win comfortably but covering that big number you know it's definitely not a spot where i want to lay it and the dimers bot over at the quick pick section at dimers.com really likes creighton catching 13 and a half in the spot showing a very nice edge taking the points of the dog in this one Number one seeded Michigan laying two and a half against number four seeded Florida State totals four one forty three and a half. Um, this is one of my favorite plays because I did already take some Florida State plus three minus one ten here earlier in the week and money line plus one twenty five as well. We've seen the line come down a bit, and I of course I agree with that move. I make this game close to a pick'em. 
Uh, Michigan's small favorites, so catching a full possession with the Seminoles here is an easy decision for me. Looks like no Isaiah Livers, and even if, if he did play, it's really hard to see how he could be close to 100%, but I'll, he'll be sorely missed in this one, I think, uh, by Wolverine's team that's facing an FSU team that will make it very difficult for them to run effective offensive sets. Florida State brings the size, especially the perimeter size, and the athletes to really frustrate and contain Michigan. You know, like, it's all about numbers here. And if Florida State was laying three, I'd be betting Michigan uh, pretty sizably, too. But that's not the way the spread looks. I think this game should be closer to a pick Michigan's Michigan slight favorite, so an easy decision to uh, to play Florida State here. I'd still snag up some of that money line, too, at plus 120 or better. That's still out there in the marketplace as I record this. Number two, Alabama, laying six and a half against number 11 seeded UCLA totals 145 and a half. Bama's firepower really has them as the team that might be in the best position to take down Gonzaga at this point. They're on a collision course right now uh, to meet in the Final Four. But I'm getting some of those some of those Warriors, Golden State Warriors, even DiVincenzo Villanova vibes with Arkansas. Uh, they're deep, they're aggressive, they're pushing it. And most of all, Coach Nate Oates is embracing analytics. And there's a really good article I read about the company Alabama uses, HD Intelligence. It's a small company that outsources itself as a full-time analytics department for for some college programs, and Nate Oates is using them. And in that article, it's called Ball and Oates, written by Matt Norlander and Kyle Boone. Uh, Coach Oates has some really fresh quotes about how the game's being played differently now than it ever has been before, and he's executing it the right way. With, uh, with his Alabama team right now. They run quick tempo on offense. They're number 12 in adjusted tempo, but it's also efficient, and they fly around the ball like hell on, and play really strong defense. They're ranked number three in adjusted defensive efficiency at Kempom. They're deep. You know, their sixth man is, is, a, is a complete stud. Um, and, and he's you know five-star recruit. And, and this team has all of the tools to make a deep run and challenge Gonzaga and Alabama. You know, they're three-pointers in UCLA. You know, as good as, as their defense is, Bama loves hoisting those threes, and UCLA is around number 200 in the nation and defending the three-point line, so not the best matchup. And as, lo- as much as I love Mick Cronin and what he's already done with the UCLA program, I think their run does end here. And I also think that it's more likely than not that Bama pulls away and covers here too. So we've seen the line tick up from six to six and a half. I agree with that line move. And kind of like, you know, the Loyola and Houston spreads, I'd love to see a minus five show to get involved for something serious here on the favorite, but nothing wrong with a small wager on laying the points with the superior team here. They can easily win this game by double digits. I feel better about laying the higher price with this Alabama team that is certainly higher variance uh, than the other teams, especially Loyola. All right, and moving on to our final game, number six seeded USC laying two points against number seven seeded Oregon total 138 and a half battle between these two Pac-12 powerhouses the line jumped up it was it was USC uh, minus one earlier in the week these two teams played almost exactly a month ago in a spot where the the Trojans jumped out to an early lead they never looked back but after that hot start the game did slow down a bit it's worth noting that Oregon did figure things out in that game and they did outscore USC by seven points in the second half of that one of course USC had the large lead but but the game, you know, that game offers very little predictive value for Sunday's matchup for a multitude of reasons. I mean, there was injuries to Oregon in that game. They were playing their third game in five days, and I think even like their sixth game in 11 days or something crazy like that. 
uh, in that matchup on, I think it was like February 22nd. But So it was really a, a great situation for USC uh, to take advantage of a banged-up uh, duck squad there. So really little predictive value there. And Oregon, come tournament time, they've always been difficult to navigate for opponents. Their length should definitely stretch out USC's bigs, make them more uncomfortable. And, you know, backing a coach like Dana Altman is always something I like to do when it comes time to dance. We all know, you know, which side, I think, at least we know, in my opinion, which side has the coaching edge here. That's certainly the Oregon side. Uh, Ken Palm makes this game USC by four. That could be partly why we saw that early line move on, on the Trojans. But I think the only way to look here is on the dog. Uh, just like in the Michigan FSU game with a similar spread, this line did creep up to two and a half on Wednesday, but then we saw some sharp buyback that has brought this down to two and one and a half even in most spots. But I think there's still a small pinch of value at two to justify a small wager on the Ducks, basically in a spot where I make it a pick em, close to a pick em. So if you want to get involved in this one, you know nothing wrong with taking the two. If a three does show again, all things equal, without injuries or any other unrelated news, it becomes a lot stronger, and anything over three becomes a full play for me. So I think the Ducks are the play here at the current price, and especially if you can find the three. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the Doggy Juice Podcast. As always, follow the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice. And if you like this, if you enjoyed listening, please rate the Doggy Juice Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review. Just give it a quick rating. It takes like 10 seconds. It really helps get the pod out to more people who could benefit from it, especially people who are interested in learning more about state-by-state sports betting legalization or just how to learn how to be a sharper sports better around March Madness time with all these exciting sporting events that we have going on. Really appreciate it. Helps spread the word. So view it as your way of paying back to listening to this, just taking 10 seconds to give it that rating. Uh, I'll be back next week to break down the final four. We also have the start of the 2021 MLB season next Thursday. It's one of the best times of the year for sports. There's so much happening right now. There are plenty of edges to be found on the betting boards. And as always, bet responsibly. Keep that bankroll in check. Good luck on your action this weekend, and I will talk to you all again soon. Doggy Juice out.